Hi, I'm MC Jessie. 大家好，读你听二点零。今日我哋继续读 Miguel de Cervantes 嘅 Don Quixote 同吉摩德。今次读到第十一节啦。呢一节嘅名叫做 What befell Don Quixote with certain goatherds。咁上一回第十回咧就讲 Don Quixote 啦，同埋佢嘅 squire 啦。啊，新組啦，佢哋之間嘅一個小小嘅爭論啊，都係啲土地啊，誒騎士精神啊，一啲日常生活啊嘅一啲討論啊，幾有趣嘅。咁咧上一節完結嗰陣時候咧，就係兩位走上騎士之路嘅人咧，就遇到一啲牧羊人哦，咁咧就走向佢哋，咁咧睇嚟咧就會同呢啲高靴咧啲牧羊者咧有啲嘢互動嘅。咁我哋睇下呢一節呢、这個社交場合會有啲咩發展啊！跟住我哋交俾 Costa 同大家读嚟听。He was cordially welcomed by the goatherds, and Central, having as best he could put up Rocinante and the ass, drew towards the fragrance that came from the some pieces of salted goat simmering in a pot on the fire. And though he would have liked at once to try if they were ready to be transferred from the pot to the stomach, he refrained from doing so as the goatherds removed them from the fire and laying sheepskins on the ground. Quickly spread their rude table, and with signs of hearty goodwill, invited them both to share what they had. Round the skins, six of the men belonging to the fold seated themselves, having first, with rough politeness, pressed Don Quixote, pressed Don Quixote to take a seat upon a trough, which they placed for him upside down. Don Quixote seated himself, and Sancho remained standing to serve the cup, which was made of horn. Seeing him standing, his master said to him. That thou mayest see, Sancho, the good that knight errantry contains in itself, and how those who fill any office in it are on the high road to be speedily honoured and esteemed by the world, I desire that thou seat thyself here at my side in the company of these worthy people, and that thou be one with me, who am thy master and natural lord, and that thou eat from my plate and drink from whatever I drink from. From the same may be said of knight errantry as of love, that it levels all. Great thanks," said Sancho. "But I may tell your worship that, provided I have enough to eat, I can eat it as well, or better, standing and by myself, than seated alongside of an emperor. And indeed, if the truth is to be told, what I eat in my corner without form or fuss has much more relish for me, even though it be bread and onions." Then the turkeys of those other tables where I'm forced to chew slowly, drink little, wipe my mouth every minute, and cannot sneeze or cough if I want or do other things that are the privileges of liberty and solitude. So, Signor, as for these honors which your worship would put upon me as a servant and follower of knight errantry, exchange them for the other things which may be of more use and advantage to me. For these, though I fully acknowledge them as received, I renounce from this moment to the end of the world. For all that, said Don Quixote, thou must seek thyself, because him who humbleth himself, God exalteth. And seizing him by the arm, he forced him to sit down beside himself. The goatherds did not understand this jargon about squires and knights errant, and all they did was to eat in silence and stare at their guests. Who, with great elegance and appetite, were stowing away pieces as big as one's fist. The course of meat finished, they spread upon the sheepskins a great heap of parched acorns, and with them they put down a half cheese harder than if it had been made of mortar. All this while the horn was not idle, 
for it went round so constantly, now full, now empty, like the bucket of a water wheel, that it soon drained one of the two wine skins that were in sight. When Don Quixote had quite appeased his appetite, he took up a handful of the acorns and, contemplating them attentively, delivered himself somewhat in this fashion: "Happy the age, happy the time, to which the ancients gave the name of golden." Not because in that fortunate age the gold so coveted in this our iron one was gained without toil, but because they that lived in it knew not the two words mine and thine. In that blessed age of all things were in common. To win the daily food, no labor was required of any save to stretch forth his hand and gather it from the sturdy oaks that stood generously inviting him with their sweet ripe fruit. The clear streams and running brooks yielded their savoury limpid waters in noble abundance. The busy and sagacious bees fixed their republic in the clefts of the rocks and hollows of the trees, offering without usance the plenteous produce of their fragrant toil to every hand. The mighty cork trees, unenforced save of their own courtesy, shed the broad light bark that served at first to roof the houses supported by root stakes. A protection against the inclemency of heaven alone. Then all was peace, all friendship, all concord. As yet the dull share of the crooked plow had not dared to rend and pierce the tender bowels of our first mother, that without compulsion yielded from every portion of her broad, fertile bosom all that could satisfy, sustain, and delight the children that then possessed her. And then was it that the innocent and fair young shepherdess roamed from vale to vale and hill to hill. With flowing locks and no more garments than were needful modestly to cover that modesty seeks and ever sought to hide, nor were there ornaments like those in use today, set off by Tyrian purple and silk tortured in endless fashions. But the wreathed leaves of the green dock and ivy, hereof they went as bravely and becomingly decked as our court dames. With all the rare and far-fetched artifices that idle curiosity has taught them, and then the loved thoughts of the heart clove themselves simply and naturally as the heart conceived them, nor sought to commend themselves by forced and rambling verbiage. Fraud, deceit, or malice had then not yet mingled with truth and sincerity. Justice held her ground, undisturbed and unassailed by the efforts of favour and of interest. That now so much impair, pervert, and beset her, arbitrary law had not yet established itself in the mind of the judge. For then there was no cause to judge, and no one to be judged. Maidens and modesty, as I have said, wandered at will alone and unattended, without fear of insult from lawlessness or libertine assault. And if they were undone, it was of their own will and pleasure. But now, in this hateful age of ours, not one is safe. Not though some new labyrinth like that of Crete conceal and surround her, even there the pestilence of gallantry will make its way to them through chinks or on the air by the seal of its accursed importunity, and despite of all seclusion, lead them to ruin. In defence of these, as time advanced and wickedness increased, the order of knight errant was instituted to defend maidens, to protect widows, and to succour the orphans and the needy. To this order I belong. Brother Goatherds, to whom I return thanks for the hospitality and kindly welcome ye offer me and my squire. For though by nature law all livings are bound to show favour to knights errant, yet seeing that without knowing this obligation ye have welcomed and feasted me, it is right that with all the good will in my power I should thank you for yours.
All this long harangue, our knight delivered because the acorns they gave him reminded him of the golden age, and the whim seized him to address all this unnecessary argument to the goatherds, who listened to him gaping in amazement without saying a word in reply. Sancho likewise held his peas and ate acorns, and paid repeated visits to the second wineskin, which they had hung up on a cork tree to keep the wine cool. Don Quixote was longing in talking, then the supper in finishing. At the end of which, one of the goatherds said, "That your worship, Signor Knight Errant, may say with more truth that we show you hospitality with ready good will. We will give you amusement and pleasure by making one of our comrades sing. He will be here before long, and he is a very intelligent youth and deep in love. And what is more, he can read and write and play on rebeck to perfection." The goatherd had hardly done speaking when the notes of the rebeck reached their ears. And shortly after, the player came up, a very good-looking young man of about two and twenty. His comrades asked him if he had supped, and on his replying that he had, he who had already made the offer said to him, "In that case, Antonio, thou mayest as well do us the pleasure of seeing a little, that the gentleman our guest may see that even in the mountains and woods there are musicians. We have told him of thy accomplishments, and we want thee to show them and prove that we say true. So as thou livest." Pray, sit down and sing the ballad about thy love that thy uncle, the prebendary, made thee, and that was so much liked in the town. With all my heart," said the young man, and without waiting for more pressing, he seated himself on the trunk of a felled oak, and tuning his rebeck, presently began to sing to these words: Antonio's ballad. Thou dost love me well, Olalla. Well, I know it. Even though love's mute tongues, thine eyes have never by their glances told me so. For I know my love, thou knowest. Therefore, thine to claim I dare. Once it ceases to be secret, love need never feel despair. True it is, Olalla. Sometimes thou hast all too plainly shown that thy heart is brass in hardness and thy snowy bosom stone. Yet for all that, in thy coyness. And thy fickle fits between, hope is there. At least the border of her garment may be seen. Lures to fave are they, those glimpses, and to fave in thee I hold. Kindness cannot make it stronger, coldness cannot make it cold. If it be that love is gentle, in thy gentleness I see something holding out assurance to the hope of winning thee. If it be that in devotion lies a power hearts to move, that which every day I show thee. Helpful to my suit should prove. Many a time thou must have noticed, if to notice thou dost care, how I go about on Monday dressed in all my Sunday wear. Love's eyes love to look on brightness. Love loves what is gaily dressed. Sunday, Monday, all I care is thou shouldst see me in my best. No account I make of dances or of strains that pleases thee so, keeping thee awake from midnight till the cocks begin to crow. Or of how I roundly swore it that there's none so far as thou. True it is, but as I said it, by the girls I'm hated now. For Teresa of the hillside and my praise of thee was sore. Said you think you love an angel? It's a monkey you adore. Caught by all her glittering trinkets and her borrowed braids of hair, and a host of made-up beauties that would love himself and snare. Twas a lie, and so I told her. And a cousin at the word gave me his defiance for it, and what followed thou hast heard. Mine is no high-flown affection, mine no passion paramour, as they call it. What I offer is an honest love and pure. 
cunning cords the holy church has, cords of softest silk they be. Put thy neck beneath the yoke, dear. Mine will follow. Thou wilt see. Else, and once for all, I swear it by the saint of most renown. If I ever quit the mountains, twill be in a friar's gown. Here, the goatherd brought his song to an end, and though Don Quixote entreated him to sing more, Sancho had no mind that way. Being more inclined for sleep than for listening to songs, so said he to his master, "Your worship will do well to settle at once where you mean to pass the night. For the labour these good men are at all day does not allow them to spend the night in singing." I understand thee, Sancho," replied Don Quixote. "I perceive clearly that those visits to the wineskin demand compensation in sleep rather than in music. It's sweet to us all. Blessed be God," said Sancho. I do not deny it," replied Don Quixote. "But settle thyself where thou wilt. Those of my calling are more becomingly employed in watching than in sleeping. Still, it would be as well if thou wert to dress this ear for me again, for it is giving me more pain than it need." Sancho did as he bade him, but one of the goatherds, seeing the wound, told him not to be uneasy, as he would apply a remedy with which it would be soon healed. And gathering some leaves of rosemary, of which there was a great quantity there, he chewed them and mixed them with a little salt, and applied them to the ear. He secured them firmly with a bandage, assuring him that no further treatment would be required. And so it proved. 唔该晒 Costa， 好呢一节就讲完啦，好轻松啦，好愉快嘅一个场合啦。啊，纵使啫。同金摩德嘅骑士精神咧，都唔系咁容易传达出去啊！啲高 herder 都系非常之好客啊，同埋有礼啊，咁啊令到成个场面都系愉快嘅、轻松嘅，甚至乎咧最后啊帮当杰一提系疗伤啦吓。好，我哋睇下呢一节有啲咩新字，大家分享啦。sagacious， sagacious， s a g a c i o u s， sagacious， 形容词嚟嘅。Having or showing keen mental discernment and good judgment, wise or shrewd, sagacious, 形容做睿智啊，啊，识得做一个判断啊，用佢嘅智慧去做判断，呢啲系睿智啦，比机智更加再再高程度啲。Limpid, limpid, L-I-M-P-I-D, limpid, 形容词。形容咩咧？形容液体嘅 ，of a liquid completely clear and transparent， 唔系好清澈啦。最尾一个 pestilence，pestilence，p-e-s-t-i-l-e-n-c-e，pestilence， 名词 ，a fatal epidemic disease，especially bubonic plague， 啊，鼠疫，啊 ，bubonic plague 就鼠疫啦。咁啊 ，pestilence 即系诶一个 general term 啊，就系瘟疫啦。咁啊，有一个位就系。当杰克提话啊，勇武系勇武嘅瘟疫啦，咁样即系一个好谦虚，尝试好谦虚咁去去形容佢自己嘅质啦，比较罕有啊。咁啊，因为佢有个位都系话诶，你哋去招呼我咧，其实系应该嘅。不过你哋知道呢个骑士精神，而你哋都去招呼我呢、這个就难能可贵啦，咁样即系识得俾下同埋家人嘅都吓，但系都不忘咧将自己作为一个骑士咧摆喺个高尚啲嘅位置咧咁样。几轻松嘅场口啊，即系少咗打斗啦，播咗啲唱歌啦，又唱情诗啦吓。虽然温馨程度都成疑啊，不过唔紧要啦。我哋睇下下一节咧，呢、這个当杰克提佢佢可以满血啊，重新出发啊嗰、那个情况系点啊？
下一次再解读你听，拜拜。If you like this video, make sure to comment, like, share and subscribe. Adios.